And welcome to the Miami Sports Pod. And when you talk Miami sports, you talk playoffs, baby, and hopefully championships. Will Manso, Clay Ferrero, we are entering playoff time uh, with the NHL. We are entering playoff time with the NBA soon. And hopefully we don't have to discuss play-in games. So, Clay, we're going to be joined in a little while by David Dwork, our colleague at Local 10, who is our Panthers insider and expert. For those who are Panthers fans, you know Dwork's name and the work that he does. So we'll talk about the Panthers and, and their, their series against the Lightning coming up. But let's start with the Heat. You know, as we tape, you had come off the big win against Sunday, Sunday against uh, the Celtics. You still got the Tuesday game against Boston. But they're in position now, Clay, after that performance, to really solidify themselves outside of this play-in talk and be ready for the postseason. What impressed you most about Sunday? You know, it was even more than the fact that they beat the Celtics and, and did it on the road in a game that was very important to me. Uh, and, and by the way, I think that's maybe even more important than actually getting out of the play-in scenario. Because as much as we talk about that, I don't know that there's going to be an enormous difference whether you play the two or the three seed. Milwaukee's playing really well Uh you know, Brooklyn, I, I think we all expect them to be a tough out. So whichever one of those two teams, it's going to be tough. And if you can't beat Charlotte at home in a play-in, a one-game scenario to save your season, then you don't deserve to be there anyway. So let's get that out of the way. Yeah. What, what I thought was the biggest thing in Sunday's game was it showed the blueprint that, that this team needs to show in the postseason to have any sort of shot and making a run, which is – the guys who contributed in the bubble last year, namely Goran Dragic and Tyler Hero, yeah. have to play like they did in the playoffs last year. And they did, especially in the first half when uh, Jimmy Butler was, was clearly being the energy guy, was flying everywhere on defense, content to let everybody else shoot. It was those two guys, just like it was in the bubble last year, that stepped up. And that has to happen in the playoffs this year for them to have any sort of a shot. And then number two, the Stars took over at winning time. And, and Bam had, I, I, think, I think even he would say, kind of a tough game up to that point at mid-fourth quarter. He did the, you know, the stuff that impacts the game outside of the stat sheet, which you yeah. want to see. Um, but then when it came to winning time, he stepped up, made some clutch buckets. Uh, the left-handed shot in the lane when he got fouled and there wasn't a call was huge. And then Jimmy Butler, once again, doing what he so, – to yeah. me, it was more that they beat more than what they they did beating Boston on the road because mm -hmm. Jalen Brown. Did, it was the fact in how they did it and laying the blueprint for what they need to do moving forward to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, and I'll go back to your first point because I think that's what impressed me most is the other guys. I think you feel good as a Heat fan that Jimmy Butler is going to be Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. I think you feel pretty good despite the ups and downs at times with Bam's aggressiveness on offense that I know Heat fans, in my opinion, get overly critical about. But I, I know that there are some growing pains there in that process in his growth. Well, he'll have those games where you wish he was a little more aggressive and he'll admit it afterwards. I still feel you know he's going to be, bam, in the playoffs. He's going to be flirting with triple doubles. He's going to be facilitating, rebounding, defending every man on the court. The real question is that, you know, for the Heat to go anywhere, they need other guys to play well. And it can't just be, you know, Dwayne Dedman and Trevor Ariza. We talked about them, about their additions and what they've meant. It's great. It's, they're great stories. We get it. But those aren't the guys that are going to lift you to championships. You have to have the guys that can really consistently score. And Gorn was one of those guys last year, clearly in the playoffs. Tyler, you know, came to the spotlight because of his efforts. And Tyler time, the postseason and the big games, they need those guys to be there. And, you know, look, Kendrick is a guy who last year in the bubble and the playoffs didn't, didn't get that opportunity because of the development of Tyler and other guys. But – I think he may be a guy that gets it, and he's made the most of it in the last month plus. 
But more importantly, really, it is Goran and Tyler. And if those guys play anywhere close to the level we know they can play, it's the Heat's only chance to really contend. Because big picture, Clay, you and I, I think, both agree with this. And I'll be honest with you, I think most Heat fans agree with this. This isn't a team that you go into the playoffs thinking, hey, I hope we can get out of the first round. I mean, they were in the finals seven months ago. This team has one goal and one goal in mind, to make a run to the NBA finals. Now, given their inconsistency this year, it's, it's unrealistic to think that they're just going to flip a switch. But if, from what we've seen of Gorin in the last week, from what we've seen of Tyler since he's come back from his latest injury, you, there is at least the signs that this team can be somewhat close to that team last year in that bubble and if that formula is there, I like their chances to push a Brooklyn, to push a Milwaukee, to push a Philly whenever they meet those teams, whether it's first or second round, deep in a series. Yeah, and so, you know, if you end up playing one of those three teams in the first round, well, let, let's say I, – I, I think it's fair to say that those three teams are pretty evenly matched. I, I really like Philly. I really – and I think matchup-wise they may be tougher for Miami because yeah. I don't know how you defend them being – I, I really don't. It's I, a problem. I don't think you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah. Which, but he is for everybody. So remove them. If you beat a, a Brooklyn in the first round, then you're really going to be scared of a Milwaukee in the second round and vice versa. Like, I, winning one series to me, I think, kind of changes your whole perception of, of what this team can do. You know, I, I, so yeah, you're right. It's not just getting out of the first round. And, and if they get out of the first round, I think they'll, they'll have their minds on something bigger. And, to your original point, it's you say they can't flip the switch, and I agree. This team, it's not like you're you're talking about a radically different team than the one that made that run. And mm. you know, one thing that I think is really interesting, and, and Dookie Lang and I were actually talking about this, our producer on Friday. It's you know, I think people look at this Heat team and maybe some of the struggles they've had this year, and a lot of the the, the pundits, oh, it, it, it was a fluke in the bubble. It was what happened in the bubble was a fluke. Wouldn't, isn't it fair to say that, hey, maybe this year for, for all the teams that made a run last year in the postseason has been a bit of a fluke, more so than like – because like, look at the teams that are struggling right now. Yeah. Boston, Eastern Conference Finals, same position as the Heat right now. Lakers, they're going to be in the play-in game in all likelihood. And, and a big reason why is the injuries to LeBron and Anthony Davis, which you could potentially say were because of the wear and tear of a short offseason. Yeah. Denver, Denver – if only Jokic is going to be the MVP, and they're starting to hit their stride a little bit, but they're doing it without Jamal Murray, who suffered a devastating injury. And a lot. Of, so all that to say, I don't think it's as much that the bubble was a fluke. I think maybe these teams, because of the short rest period, let's see what happens when they get into the postseason and you're getting on full rest. Some of these guys are getting back healthy, and they know that it's time. So, yeah, it's not as much flipping a switch to me as it is the guys that did it last year are still here. I think Trevor Ariza, you could, and I love Jay Crowder. I think Trevor Ariza in, in some areas could even be an upgrade to, to Jay Crowder. Um, not so much regarding somebody like Embiid, but on other areas. So you can see how it can happen. But, yeah, they have to do it in, in some level of consistency that we haven't seen so far this season. Yeah, I think, you know, my final point of the Heat, because, again, there's so much up in the air in this last week of the season. You know, at the end of the last week of the season, they really could still be in the play-in game, or they could be in, in a five seed. It's, at this point, it seems like the four seed is unlikely, but I don't really care about the four or five, which one you get, because in the end, you're playing a team that I feel that he can beat, which is to my point. 
I think the Heat, my only take as far as the Heat's chances as it stands now, while I like what I'm seeing, while I'm hoping it's a sign of consistency, while everything we just talked about in the last few minutes about what the Heat need to do, I think it's possible. Realistically, and I think you might agree with me, you might not, but realistically, for the Heat to make a run this year, I think they have to finish in the 4-5 or five spot. To expect, and when I say run, I mean back to the NBA Finals. To expect to beat a Milwaukee and a Brooklyn and a Philly in every series and go in every series and not have kind of an, a, a series like last year they had Indiana in that first round and they took care of business they walloped them they just they weren't on the same level I feel right. that the Heat would be in that position that they took on in Atlanta despite the fact that Atlanta won the season series I think they'd feel be in that position that they took on the Knicks despite the fact the Knicks are one of the better stories in the league this year they're playing great basketball Thibodeau's got them playing great defense the Heat match up well I think it's key for Miami well look as it stands now you got Milwaukee in the three seed, but Brooklyn and Milwaukee have been interchangeable pretty much for the last three, four weeks in that two, three. If you're the seven or the six and you face one of those two teams, sure, the Heat can give them a battle, but man, to expect them to win that series and then pick up and win the next series and win the next series with the grind that it will take and the inconsistencies that this team has shown, I just don't see it happening. They've got to find a way to win Tuesday in Boston and solidify that they won't be in the play-in find a way to split that next Philly, you know, that, that next Philly Milwaukee matchup and then close out and beat Detroit. I think if they do that, they get a five seed. And if I think if you get a five seed, I feel pretty good that this heat team is in the second round. And then all of a sudden has the opportunities against these so-called elite teams ahead of them in the East. And so now that we said all of that, you know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to lose to the Celtics on Tuesday. They're going to end up dropping to the seventh seed. They're going to end up playing Charlotte in the play-in, squeaking by them, or, hey, maybe even losing to them and having to beat Indiana or, or Washington to salvage their season. And then they're going to go on to, to beat Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and go back to the finals and make yeah. us all look silly. Because yeah. that's, just, that's just what this team likes to do. This team likes to, to absolutely ruin any of our, any of our visions of, of who they are and who they could be. Yeah, I mean, look, there's one thing about this team is they, and I'll, I'll, I think this is the easiest way to describe the Heat. When I'm asked by Heat fans their chances and what do I think of the Heat, I always say the same thing. It wouldn't shock me if the Heat lost in the playing round. It wouldn't shock me if the Heat got to the NBA Finals again. Like, to right. me, each is as likely as the other. As crazy as that sounds, like if you told me right now the Miami Heat are going to win the Eastern Conference Championship again, I'd say, okay, they got hot. Tyler and Goran got going. They stayed healthy. You know, the, the new additions are reason. Deadman did their thing. Kanan gave your minutes. You know, Duncan kept shooting threes. Jimmy was Jimmy. Bam was Bam. And sure, I think they can play those teams and make a finals run. If you told me they fell apart in this last week and they lost in the playing game in a tough game where Charlotte got hot or wherever it may be, I'd say, okay, I could see it happening because this team has laid some serious eggs this year as, as just as a little – a couple – a week ago. I mean, it's not like this team is, while they've been playing much better, let's face it, they yeah. are prone to laying eggs in the worst time. And it's not like they're that far removed from it. None of that would shock me. No, no. And, and, and here's why I, I feel that way. Because in addition to just what they've shown this year, why I would feel optimistic about a playoff series more so than the regular season is when you get to the playoffs, I, I think in between games in particular, coaching and adjustments really matter. And what we saw last year in the bubble is Eric Spolstra, and hopefully it wasn't a situation where Dan Craig just meant that much, mm -hmm. and, and obviously he's gone now. But that staff 
was able to make adjustments in between games and kind of figure things out that, uh, you know, other teams couldn't keep up. Milwaukee couldn't keep up with the adjustments. Boston couldn't keep – so, you know, if you get into these playoff situations and you know that you've been there before and you can make those sorts of – there's a confidence level with that. But, again, nothing we've seen from this team in the 2020-2021 season – makes you think that they're going to get that sort of consistent mm-hmm. performance night in it. So, yeah, I, I think that, to your point about the consistency, hey, leave it to Jimmy Butler because he said it over and over again. I have no clue which team is going to show up for one night to the next. And, you know, I, I would hope that would change in the playoffs, but they're going to have to prove it so you can uh, go to Vegas to put your money on it. Yeah, I mean, look, if it's going to change, it's got to start changing this week. Change this week, head into the playoffs with some momentum, and I like this team's chances. I like what I saw on Sunday. I hope they continue it. They have been a little more consistent of late, but again, they have laid some eggs. Now, maybe in the playoffs, you're up at a high so much that you don't lay those eggs, but, but again, I don't have all my faith in this team. But then again, going into the playoffs last year, I don't think anybody had all the faith in the team and they found a way to, you know, people will call it a fluke. People will say it's bubble magic. I don't think so. I think it's just the way the roster worked out. And this roster has the capability to do the same. So we started the pod talking about the fact that we have got the Heat getting ready for the playoffs and the Heat kind of working their way and getting ready, you know. And now we're getting to the point where we could start talking about the Florida Panthers in the playoffs. Yeah. Look, they are They are playoff bound. And while we love to talk Panthers and we certainly want to talk as much as we can, it's much easier to talk with our colleague from Local 10 because he is the one who really knows Panthers hockey. And that's the one only David Dwork, the man with Chirping the Cats. If you're a Panthers fan, you certainly listen to that podcast. Dwork, it's good to see you. Good to talk to you. And welcome to the Miami Sports Pod, my friend. Will, Clay, God, I feel like I haven't seen you guys in so long. Yeah, we work together, but we never see each other. Right? <laughs> yeah, we, I, forgot, I forgot what you look like. You're the uh, you're you're the the tall guy with uh, with, with the playoff beard, blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, that's you, right? Yeah, I'm very tall and very yeah. blonde. That's totally six me. four. Looks like <laughs> four. And and well, now he's got the playoff beard. You're obviously ready for the playoffs. So oh, look, that's right. Yeah, we are. We are as well. Now, okay, so Tampa. You got Tampa, and we know Tampa's history. We know how tough they are to overcome for the Panthers. This year, things have turned a little, though. It seems like the Panthers are starting to get a little more closer to the Lightning's league, so to speak. So as you go into this first round, what's the question for you that stands out most about what needs to happen for the Panthers to truly have a shot? They've been a great story. We've seen this a couple of times over the course of the last literally 20 years, but and they fall short in that first round. What makes you think it's different and what needs to happen? I think it's a combination of the Panthers being a much different team this year and just overall, they've been so steady and so consistent all season. Their depth has been tested and they passed those tests with flying colors. So I think the Panthers on their end are very much ready for a challenge like this. And on the Tampa side, I mean, the last two seasons, we've seen a Stanley Cup winner and a President's Trophy winner, and they've been a scary team to face, whether it was the regular season or the playoffs. This year, I don't get that same impression from Tampa. Uh, for, call it whatever you want, perhaps it's because Kucherov has been out, Stamkos has been in and out of the lineup for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. They've just not been scaring me the way that they have the last couple of years. They're not coming at you in waves the way they have. And every time Florida's played them, they've matched up extremely well five on five. And unlike against the Carolina Hurricanes, Florida actually does a decent job in the special teams battle against Tampa Bay. So I, I, look, I think this is a series that Panthers fans and hockey fans in general have been mm-hmm. waiting for for a long time. This Florida State rivalry has been kind of forced on us for a while because neither team has been good at the same time. So I'm excited to see what happens. And I think Florida is catching Tampa at a great time because Florida is peaking right now and Tampa Mm -hmm. is kind of not. 
And David, you know, we're heading into this series and, and something that, that a Lightning player said a couple of weeks ago stood out to me. And, and I, especially as I was watching the game on Saturday night, that, you know, you don't, you want a team to, to not want to play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like you want them to know that they've played the light, you know, almost like there's an intimidation factor. That, and it felt like the Lightning were trying to impose that a bit on Saturday night in sunrise and the cats were having none of it. I, I mean, is that, do we make too much of that in the media that when a team tries to kind of be the bully in a sense, and then another team kind of stands up to the bully is, or is there something to that, that, Hey, if you're going to climb that mountain and, and beat the big, bad Tampa Bay lightning, part of that is, is the physical side of it and not getting pushed around. And, and you know, in addition to beating them on the scoreboard showing, Hey, you know, you're not going to be the, the team that's going to come in here and, and run us off the ice either. Well, I mean, Florida has traditionally been a team that if you go into their building with that kind of an attitude, more times than not, you're going to come out of there with two points and Florida's going to be running off with their tail between their legs. They haven't been a tough team that's been able to stand up for themselves. They've been a skilled team and they can outscore you at times. But if you go in there with, you know, a big bag of knuckles in front of the net or whatever it is, uh, you know, Florida wouldn't really stand up to that challenge. And yeah, I mean, even one of the Tampa players said before the game on Saturday that when they leave the rink after these two games, we want them to be thinking, holy bleep, they're playing the Panther. Or they're That's playing the what Lightning. it was. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah you, get, you had it much better than I did. Yeah, and look what happened. It absolutely felt like Tampa came out with the, the attitude that we're going to be the tougher team. We're going to push them around. They were throwing dirty checks. They had a target on Nolachari's back. They were taking cheap shots at Sasha Barkov. And Florida didn't flinch. They just brushed it off their shoulder like, yeah, whatever. You guys go ahead and do that. We're going to go ahead and look at that four-goal lead on the scoreboard, and we're going to take that home with us. It's like the Panthers had their mar mitzvah in the offseason. Now they're grown up. They're real men. And they're handling those kind of situations. And I wonder what Tampa's feeling because they probably went into that game thinking, okay, we're going to go in there. We're going to show these guys who's been the class of the division for the last few years. And who's the one that left with their tail between their legs was Tampa. Yeah. I mean, there is, there is a rivalry brewing. You said it that they haven't been good at the same time, but now they are. And there is a true, it seems like genuine animosity. This isn't just talk. It's not just, okay, they're going to meet in the playoffs. There seems to be an animosity. Maybe it's from the fact that it's like, you know, the big brother and the little brother and the team that hasn't been able to do it, the team that has, and then the same state, whatever it may be. It is fun to watch. I will say this though, talking to someone like you who has watched every second of every Panthers game this year, and you've been to the practices and the workouts and the, and you've seen the off season work into the regular season, into the, to the wins and the results. There is something still hanging over me every time I watch a Panthers game that makes me nervous. And, it, and it's the same thing going into the playoffs. How confident are you in the goalie situation? The goaltenders, do you feel, first of all, who do you think should be in that, that game one? and the majority of the series. And do you feel confident in Bob and Drieger right now? Because clearly Spencer Knight, as good as he's going to be, probably isn't in the mix right now. And, and, and Q, Coach Q said as much the other day, at least to start the series. Where are you going with this? If it was me, I would lean towards starting Chris Drieger and have him roll to start. But I'm pretty sure that the way Q's going to go is at least Bob's going to get game one. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, and I'm actually going to ask him this tomorrow morning because Drieger is supposedly starting tomorrow. And I, I wanted to ask Hugh if he's thought at all about potentially – rotating the way he has been for the last like couple of months really with Bob and Drieger when they were healthy he was just going one to the other for the last at least month or so um, so I'm curious if he might do that in the playoffs and kind of take all the controversy out of it and just say I'm going to roll with each guy unless someone gets hurt based on the way they've played Will yeah. uh, it's Drieger for me Drieger's been better consistently for over a season now since last year mm -hmm. and Bob I mean look he's looked good at times but it's clear you're not getting 
the Vezina Trophy winner that you thought you were getting for, you know, 10 million a year. You're not getting that guy. And uh, it's almost like a crapshoot, really, with Bob. You just don't have that confidence. And you probably just watching the games, I'm guessing, when Bob's in there, you kind of feel that where if it's not going to be a big save, you're not going to get that big save at the right time. Whereas Dreeder, you feel a little bit more comfortable in that. There seems to be a little more consistency. I will say this. Look, I, I wish that their, their, their situation was better because I would have much more confidence in the team in the, in the playoffs. And, and facing Tampa in the first round is very tough. It's going to be a tough matchup, obviously. But I, I do feel better with Drieger there. And I think most Panther fans probably agree. Now, Bob has – I get it. But there are moments where Bob can look so good and make that spectacular save and then let a couple of easy ones get by and you start getting frustrated. And then it, it's almost like it's a – you know, it opens up and, and it all goes downhill. And next thing you know, it's three or four goals, you know, and that's, and that's hard to watch from a guy that you just mentioned is look, he's got a history is he's had success. You gave him the big contract. I mean, the, the expectation is he's going to be the guy that should be in there in a situation like this outside of that though, when you look at the matchup, just player by player, you know, shift by shift, line by line, I, I, I feel like, and maybe it's just the Homer in me. And again, I'm not as, in depth in tune with the Panthers as you are, but I just feel like the Panthers are a better team. Yeah. I, they played like a better team this year and they're certainly deeper. The thing with Tampa though, it's like what I mentioned before, you don't, they have two X factors at this point with Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov, because mm -hmm. you infuse two guys like that, you, you know, MV two mm -hmm. caliber players and they can flip the script. Now Kucherov is coming off hip surgery. He hasn't played since the final last year. So you don't know exactly what you may be getting from him. I'm actually hearing that Kucherov may be in better shape than Stamkos right now, uh, which is interesting going into the series. But either way, the thing about the Panthers is you don't really have to rely on the other team taking a crap on your doorstep for you to actually have a good game. They're so deep, Will, this roster that Bill Zito has built. I mean, when you've got a guy like Patrick Hornquist that gets all the way dropped down to your third line, you've got Nolachari and first-round picks on your fourth line, uh, you can afford to lose a guy like Aaron Ekblad midseason and not skip a beat whatsoever. I think their record is like 15-5-1 since Ekblad got hurt. It's ridiculous what they've built this year, and it's so un-Panthers-like. And I hate to say that, but I mean, you know, like you said, I've been, I've been living and dying with this team for two decades now. So it's, it's nice to see it. And I'm thinking maybe Tampa, who's kind of had their way with Florida for the last mm -hmm. several seasons now, maybe this season has been a little bit of wake-up call. Like when your little brother starts getting big enough to beat you up a little bit, yeah. maybe they're eating a little bit of that humble pie too. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same. I, I get the same. And just in watching, and again, I think Saturday night was the perfect indication of it because it's just, it was so chippy for a game that I know it meant a lot in the home ice battle, but in a sense, it really didn't mean much. You know, you know, you're going to see this team now in a series where the emotions are really going to be and the stakes are going to be high. So it was interesting to see that chippiness from a championship caliber team against yeah. a team that quite frankly hasn't proven it yet. And yet it almost is a sign of, not, I don't want to use the word scared because they're, they're not scared of the, the Panthers, but a little worried that these aren't the same old Panthers. This is not right. the same Panthers team that you expect to lie down and, and just roll over, you know, and that's, and that's to me as a Panthers fan is exciting. Now, before I let you go, I have a couple more things I want to ask you. And, and one is, I don't think we, we obviously don't know the answer yet, but given the craziness of the schedule uh, and you know, the COVID situation, the protocol, the teams in Canada, all that stuff, when is this series going to start? I mean, when, when is, <laughs> is this going to be where it could be a week before we see these two teams go at it? What have you no, been? I, I, you see, here's, the league hasn't come out with a date yet, but NBC was already advertising the 15th, which is next Saturday is the start of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I think either way, with half of the teams are really done or going to be done with their schedules by tomorrow, and it's really just the North Division and a couple teams out West because of, uh, you know, like the same COVID stuff that happened with the Panthers and Dallas and Carolina early in the mm -hmm. season out here. Um, I have a feeling that the league might stagger the first round at least. 
uh, or start the Eastern teams a little bit earlier than the Canadian teams? Because there's still an, an, kind of an, a cloud hanging over this that really hasn't been addressed yet, which is when we get past the second round and the Canadian teams have to suddenly start mingling with the other teams, like what's going to happen there? Like we still have COVID issues with Canada and with traveling and all that. Yeah, no, you're right. So, and the playoffs are about to start. So once that train starts, there's no stopping it. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful that the playoffs will probably begin within a week or so of now. So you figure like by the 16th, 17th, 18th of the month. Yeah. Uh, it's a long layoff though. It's a long round. layoff. I mean, both yeah. teams get equally long layoffs, obviously, because they both stopped playing Monday. But that's a, that's a long break. It's a long break well, with the momentum and the Panthers have been playing good hockey. The season that these guys have just had playing 56 games in yeah, like 115 true. days, let, let them have their week off. And for the Panthers especially, I mean, this the basically week off they've had this past week because of the schedule and now what they're going to get after the season, it's allowing the Hornquest, the Bennett, the all these injured guys that have been out of the lineup, Carter Verhage, Chris Streeter mm-hmm. was banged up. All, now all these guys are suddenly healthy no. and the Panthers – are at full strength, which they haven't been in maybe a couple of months since the first injury to Barkov. So, you know, it just seems like the law of averages is finally starting to catch up for the Panthers, whereas they've had so many breaks go against them for so long. Just this season, it kind of feels like it's starting to stack up in their favor. Yeah. There's some magic feeling there. So as, I'll leave you with this, and, and that's just a serious prediction. I would normally say take your Panthers hat off because we are Panthers fans. Obviously, you're a diehard Panthers fan. Uh, so let's take our Homer hats on and make your series prediction. But you can keep your Homer hat on because instead <laughs> of asking you, do you think the Panthers are going to win the series, tell me why you think and how the Panthers are going to win the series. Oh, well, uh, I think it's kind of what we've been seeing throughout the year when they played Tampa and that's at five on five, the Panthers are just a better team with and without the puck. And I think it's their play without the puck that's superior to Tampa, which is unlike a Tampa. When you, when you face that team, usually they're so much better with and without the puck, they're coming at you in waves and they're really hard to stop. And Florida has basically taken that game and thrown it right back in their face. Yeah. Um, if they can get some solid, consistent goaltending, whether it's from Bobrovsky or Dreeder, however, Hugh chooses to handle that. Uh, that really could be the X factor because Tampa's ridden their goaltender this year. Mm-hmm. They've struggled, but their goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky, he's going to win the Vezina Trophy as the best goalie in the league. And he's really taken them, carried them at times this mm-hmm. year. And as you know, Will, you don't have to be a hockey expert, but you know, you've been watching this game a long time. You know as well as I do what a hot goalie can do in yeah, the playoffs. You ride that goalie and it can take you all the way to the cup final. Yeah. yeah. So I think the Panthers should win this series. I think they are a better team right now, which – is crazy to think about because Tampa Bay won the Stanley cup last year, but they've got a hell of a team that Florida's built. And the fact that they've been able to be so consistent from day one till now, regardless of which players have been in the lineup, they go into the series at full strength. And what you were just saying, actually that game on Saturday, Tampa went into that game almost like they needed to have a gimmick. They wanted to prove something to the Panthers and and the Panthers just went to work. All they did was put on their hard hat and they went to work that day and they came out with a five to one win. So I, I think that's a pretty good indicator right there. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Look, I, I, I don't want to get overly excited because I know that people are going to say, oh, it's the same old Panthers. If they lose in the first round, they get there. But there has been a consistency about this team. They never really hit that valley. They never really went straight down. They're, it's been a, pretty much a peak the entire season. They have been one of the better teams in the NHL all season long. It's not like they bounced around and came back up. They have been very consistent and fun to watch. Your coverage always consistent. Chirping the Cats always fun. Uh, uh, let's do it again in the playoffs. I appreciate you coming on the pod. By the way, yeah. you hear Clay? Do you hear Clay? Where no? did Clay go? Clay, Clay disappeared the, like the lightning will in the first round. Oh, yes, he 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 had some uh, some equipment issues, like the, like the lightning you're gonna have, and he's one and done in our pod. Thank you for filling in. Hey, my pleasure, man. Anytime.
All right, that's your Miami Sports Pod. We'll come back next week. We'll catch up on the Panthers, see what the latest in the heat is, look ahead to the first round of their series, and talk much more here on the Miami Sports Pod.